Today's date is Sunday, June 27th, 2021. We are reading from the Big Book of AA, pages XXIX in the Doctor's Opinion, to pages XXX in the Doctor's Opinion. Nancy P. will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Katie V. from New York. Nancy, you could start reading. Hi, good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in uh, West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. I have had many men who had, for example, worked a period of months on some problem or business deal, which was to be settled on a certain date favorably to them. They took a drink a day or so prior to the date, and then the phenomenon of craving at once became paramount to all other interests so that the important appointment was not met. These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. There are many situations which arise out of the phenomenon of craving, which cause men to make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. The classification of alcoholics seems most difficult and in much detail is outside the scope of this book. There are, of course, the psychopaths who are emotionally unstable. We are all familiar with this type. They are always going on the wagon for keeps. They are they are over remorseful and make many resolutions, but never a decision. There is a type of man who is unwilling to admit that he cannot take a drink. He plans various ways of drinking. He changes his brand or, in, or his environment. There is a type who always believes that after being entirely free from alcohol for a period of time, he can take a drink without danger. There is a manic depressive type who is perhaps the least understood by his friends and about whom a whole chapter could be written. Then there are types entirely normal in every respect, except in the effect that alcohol has upon them. They are often able, intelligent, friendly people. All these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing this phenomenon of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been by any treatment with which we are familiar permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. This immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. Much has been written pro and con, but among physicians, the general opinion seems to be that most al chronic alcoholics are doomed. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Nancy, for reading. Okay, at this time, I'd like to introduce our speaker. Our speaker today is Katie V from New York. And I'm very excited to hear what she has to say about our pages today. And Katie, take it away. Thanks, Maria. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Katie, uh, Katie V from Brooklyn, New York. Ooh, I'm super nervous. Um, really happy to be here as a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, um, which is crazy because, you know, a little... A little over 10 months ago, I uh, told my sponsor that OA doesn't work and that I, um, I uh, wasn't going to do this anymore. And I'll tell you how I got there really quickly. Um, so just to qualify before I get into these awesome, awesome pages, um, I've been binging. I mean, the first time I remember binging is when I was six years old. And that's pretty much just how I ate. I stole money for food. I stole food out of people's fridges. I 
I, uh, I lied to people that I was eating. I, you know, we all take that bite and run into the, the cupboard so that our mom doesn't see us or the bathroom. So our friends don't see us. And, um, and I just ate whatever I wanted, uh, all the time. And, uh, by the time I was 20 years old, I was 350 pounds and, um, didn't really think I had any problems. You know, I felt pretty happy go lucky. I, um, I had to be the loudest person in the room because I wanted attention and wanted to be loved, but I felt like that wasn't available to me the way I looked. And I grew up in a, in a place and in a family and in my own head where it said, you know, your weight is your worth. And, um, I got, uh, really depressed in college and I started starving myself and, um, through anorexia, laxative bulimia and over exercise, I lost 200 pounds in two years. And, um, thinking that once I got down to this like goal number, this goal weight, um, this 150 pounds, you know, um, that all my problems would be solved and everybody would love me. And like the whole world would just like stop, you know, um, and everything would be great and nothing was great. It was actually much worse than it was, um, before. And I was just killing myself. Um, and I remember every time I, I hit like a goal weight at first, I was like, okay, if I get to 190 pounds, then I'll stop. Then then it was, okay, I'll get to 175, then I'll stop, then 160. And then I was, I got to my very lowest weight, skin and bones. And, um, and I was like, I could still lose 10 pounds, like, that'll do it, that'll make me happy. And that's the way I lived um, outside of this program was that if I, if I was thin, that meant everything was okay. And um, so, uh, yeah. And I came into this program really because I lost the ability to diet. You know, I, I hit that goal weight and um, and then I and I was running on the treadmill, you know, like five days a week, taking laxatives, starving myself all week, binging all weekend, cursing myself for a weakling and a failure. And um, and then, you know, just doing it again and again and again and again. And I couldn't understand why it kept happening. You know, I. I, all I had ever wanted was to be thin and I'd wake up on the weekend surrounded by to-go containers, you know, hot sauce in my hair and crumbs in my bed. And I'd be like, again, this is insane. How does this keep happening to me? Like all it's all I had ever wanted growing up, you know, overweight, all I had wanted was to be thin. And I was finally a size six and I couldn't stop. And, um, so I, I came into this program because I was going back up the scale, um, truly, and, you know, came for the vanity, stayed for the sanity. And, um, oh, gosh, I haven't been timing myself. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. And um, I came into this program and I, I couldn't stop binging. I didn't understand what abstinence was. I, like people said the word and it felt like this like mythical you know thing and um and I told my sponsor you know sure I'll stop binging as if I have the power to do that and uh but I'm not going to stop restricting and I was just <laughs> it was horrible and I was breaking down every two or three days after a binge and lying to my sponsor and not willing to go to any lengths you know she said do the steps I was like pass get a nutritionist. No, thank you. I know what I'm doing with food. 
you know, I thought I knew everything and I was my own higher power. And, um, and so I stayed sick. And uh, eventually after being two months in this program, I, and binging the whole time, I, I woke up and I, I had finally gotten seven days of this like white knuckled abstinence, which wasn't abstinence because I was starving myself and over-exercising and taking laxatives. And, um, and I woke up the next day, I had binged on the seventh night. I woke up and I told my sponsor, I'm done. This doesn't work always, not for me. And, uh, and you know, thanks, but no thanks. And I proceeded to go on like a three-day bender with another substance and food. And I spent well over a thousand dollars over the course of three days. And I just couldn't get relief. Like I, I just kept eating and eating and eating and I could not get that, that comfort and that, that feeling of just warmth and, and care that I had gotten from the food. And, um, and it, it just wasn't enough, you know? Um, and I woke up on the third day and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to die if I keep doing this. And, and I wanted to, you know, cause I thought I was never going to live free from this disease. Um, but, uh, but something happened on that third day when I, when I woke up, I, I became willing to call somebody and get help. And that kind of started me off getting willing. And, uh, I got, I got a new sponsor who took me through the steps, who, who read the doctor's opinion with me thoroughly line by line. And she blew my head off and changed everything. So anyway, that's a long way to qualify, but this is the coolest chapter in the whole book because this is the chapter that told me I wasn't a failure and that I wasn't weak and I wasn't stupid and I wasn't any of the things that I thought I was. I just have an allergy. Like I just, I have a disease. Like I'm sick. I'm not dumb. And the whole time I wake up after those binges and say, I'm an idiot. I did this again, you know? And so to dig into the book, <laughs> what we're all here for. Um, yeah. So that phenomenon of craving, you know, um, that phenomenon of craving was so, it was so much more than anything I could ever, I couldn't go up against it. You know, like it was like I was a robot being driven to the food. I remember, you know, I remember being 150 pounds and starving myself all day eating boxes of Tic Tacs right which have sugar in them and um and for me my absence is no sugar no flour I'm eating Tic Tacs all day long because I have to be chewing like I'm so hungry and I'm I'm eating packs of cough drops chewing gum until I get aspartame poisoning you know eating whole boxes of Tic Tacs and I'm I'm just setting myself up you know and I get home and I'm alone and it's just it's on you know, and, and it didn't matter what was coming, you know, it didn't matter what tomorrow was going to bring. Like I ate like there was no tomorrow, you know, I, and it, there was always some reason, you know, it was always like, I wasn't, and I wasn't drinking to escape. I was drinking to overcome that craving beyond my mental control. And there was always some reason, you know, that justification for why I'm, for a while I was going to binge. Oh, it was a long day. Oh, somebody did this. But 
I really think that's just my, you know, that's, that's the mental twist that we learn about in these pages. Like that's my mind saying you have control. You're making it like this excuse is the reason why you have control to do this. You know, you are, you are choosing to do this. And I kept thinking I was making that choice over and over again. And that's why I was, you know, bad or stupid or weak. And, and I'm not. And, um, I love the, uh, the types that we have going on here. Um, when we were reading through this, I was like, wow, I could be all of those types at once. And I felt like every other day I was a new one of these types. Like I would, I would have this epic binge and I'd be walking out with my friends the next day and I'd be like, okay, it happened again, but here's how it's not going to happen tomorrow. Like, here's the deal. Here's the way I'm going to make this, this never happen again and um <laughs> and it never worked you know i uh, i changed my brand and my environment you know i thought i thought okay i can't ever be alone like that was my big thing if i'm alone i'm gonna bitch so i need to be around people constantly and so i would just do anything to make sure that i had someone near me and and before recovery, you know, all my relationships were just about you're here so that I don't do something horrible to myself. Like I need, I was codependent with every person I knew. Like I needed to be surrounded by friends if I wasn't going to binge and partake in this, you know, partake in my disease, which is how I viewed it. Oh, I'm partaking. I'm choosing, you know, I'm choosing to do this to myself. And I was so wrong and I did not see it until I read this thoroughly with a sponsor. And, um, but yeah, so these are all the types that we have. And, you know, I'm taught that these are like the five types and, you know, number one being we're all, um, they're over remorseful and never make a decision, you know? Um, and then he changes his brand and his environment. That's the type two. And the one that can be entirely free from alcohol without, um, and then, take a drink without danger type three and the manic depressive type type four and then the fifth type you know normal in every respect except in the effect alcohol has upon them and i love reading through this with a sponsee because it's like if you don't see yourself in the four types you probably see yourself in the fifth type because all of us you know i think when i came in i was like i'm super normal everything's great like yeah i binge and i purge and i'm restricting but I'm really good. Everybody loves me. I'm not selfish. You know, I, I really like thought that when I came in. So I was, I felt like I fell into this fifth type and, you know, we're often able, intelligent, friendly people. We just have an allergy. Like that's it. Like we, we have a disease and there's hope here, you know, um, we cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving, that unexplained occurrence. Like why, when it felt like everything was going right on the inside, I, or on the outside, like on the inside, like I was raging. And, um, and you know, microdosing on sugar to the point where I needed to, I needed to get my fix. Yeah. Um, it's why I can't, I can't eat like normal people, you know? and. I often thought about it like this in the beginning where, you know, my, my drug of no choice, right. Food. I, I used to do delivery a lot in the pandemic. And um, before I came into program in June of last year 
and uh and I would order one delivery and and then five minutes after I was done eating it I was like I think I need another one and uh and I would just keep doing that until I was ordering five or six deliveries a night you know eating until I passed out and but I saw my roommates doing this my friends and they would order delivery and just order one meal and every time I would see them do that and I would say why can't I do that why not me and it's because I'm because I'm different and I'm a distinct entity and the only relief is entire abstinence which today for me means no sugar no flour way measuring all my meals and um and uh the general opinion seems to believe that most chronic alcoholics are doomed without the solution and it's so great that there's a next page right because it would be pretty crappy if the book ended there um i felt doomed I really thought I was going to die in this disease. And um, I did not think there was a life that, that included me not binging or purging. And, uh, and today after working the 12 steps, you know, rigorously, thoroughly with a sponsor and working on that entire abstinence, you know, not working. I mean, it's a daily thing, right? Asking my higher power to help me get there you know, I live free. And, um, and it's insane. It's amazing. And it's nothing short of a miracle. And because I wasn't timing myself, I think I'm going to end there. And I hope that wasn't too discombobulated. Um, thank you so much, you guys, and have a great day. Thank you 